To all the saints in Christ Jesus, whom he gathers at Luther Memorial Chapel, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. For your numerous kind invitations, Pastor Larson, to come and preach here, thank you. Through these quickly passing retirement years of family needs and of moving, of health needs, of COVID chaos, calendar conflicts, and of course, older, slower retirement speeds, thank you. For your patience and your perseverance, I am sorry it took so long. And for the book of collected sermons that you kindly initiated and shepherded, thank you. And that you at Luther Memorial so kindly helped edit and publish, thank you. And thank you, Pastor Lane, wherever you are, there you are, for encouraging me to preach on the one-year series before retiring, and for stating in the book's introduction more clearly than I do that God's word to us in Christ is not yes and no regarding our great need for faith, but always God's faithful yes. Dear hearers of the word made flesh, isn't that the same answer, yes, you might expect from Jesus regarding the question the Pharisees and Herod's men asked him, teacher, we know that you are true and teach the way of God truthfully and do not care about anyone's opinion for you are not swayed by appearances. Tell us then what you think. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Surely Jesus with the Father and the Holy Spirit is the source of what his apostle Paul would later write to the church at Rome. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God. Pay all what is owed to them, taxes to whom taxes are owed. Yet on this day, there is no quick yes from Jesus to this bipartisan question. Herod and his crew loved the position provided them by Rome's taxation. They lived well. The Pharisees hated the drain from Roman taxes that flowed back to Rome and enriched Rome's puppets like Herod. Yet to entangle Jesus, these political opposite crossed the aisle and they worked together. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar? or not. Their question is perfectly framed for a yes or no answer. Yes would be used to help alienate the people from Jesus. No would be used to accuse him to the Roman authorities. The wisdom of God hates arrogance, pride, the way of evil, and perverted speech. The wisdom of God in the flesh sweeps aside their evil question and perverted praise why put me to the test, you hypocrites? Jesus refuses to answer yes or no. Show me the coin for the tax, whose likeness and inscription is this? They said Caesar's. From their own coin, their own answer, Jesus concludes against them. Therefore, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's. Dear Christians, how can you not love taxes? such a strong military that helped defeat Hitler and limit Stalin and keep South Korea free and even now provides limits on unchecked evil in the world. It's a good day to remember and be reminded that veterans 
benefit from your taxes. And such amazing interstates to travel and visit relatives and such beautiful national parks like Yellowstone and such national monuments like Mount Rushmore and such needed muscle to help clean up real rampant industrial pollution over a half century ago. And such thankful ongoing protection from the police and help from first responders and such widespread assistance for those severely handicapped. And now a Supreme Court that correctly rules that our Constitution provides no right to end the life of a child in the womb. How can you not love taxes? Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God. On the other side of the tax cone, coin, how can you not hate taxes? When they are used to help viruses gain function harmful to humans, when they are used to help fund universities that attack free speech, and indoctrinate minds against the country that gives them free speech. When the Supreme Court rules for decades that a child in the womb has no right to life. When tax-supported laws and actions claim schools and government have more authority over children and their bodies than their own parents do. When omnibus decisions become omnibus decisions, handing out money, killing the ethic to work, and piling up debt in the trillions. How can you not hate taxes? Taxes and politics behind their spending are always loaded topics. Those topics sometimes scream out for your attention and mine. They affect and change life so very much, and some of the power they enable promotes evil that threatens Christians as they live and confess the faith. Yet, those taxes and politics is not the heavy mother load of Jesus' response to these mask-wearing rebels. They seek to catch an innocent man as if guilty of their own sins. Yes or no, Jesus. But Jesus, in effect, says, look at your coins. They were offensive to the Jews. On one side, Caesar was pictured as the son of the divine Augustus. On the other side, he was pictured as high priest. These coins were intended to encourage emperor worship. Jesus isn't so much answering their question as convicting their hearts. Look whose image you carry around, that worship-hungry idol, Caesar. And only then does Jesus state the core of his teaching and the reason for his life in the flesh. Render to God the things that are God's. Their deceptive question centered on the place and the power of man Jesus' ultimate answer centers on the supreme place and power of God. Render to God the things that are God's. There's to be no idolatry. Dr. Luther preached that Jesus especially included the governing authorities in these words, the rulers, the princes, the knights, those in any office also in the church. They were elevated by God to their office not to be place thieves, not to act according to their own sweet will, not in order to fill their own coffers. Luther lamented how occupants of all positions desire the right and the power to do what they please rather than calling upon God for help to do their duty without injury to those they serve. 
He included unfaithful preachers, calling them not thieves of bread, but of the bread of eternal life. He flagged the pope and the bishops for forbidding the sacrament to be administered under both kinds. He included the abuse of worshiping the saints, creeping into Christianity, man's penchant to trust in man. And regarding the threats that governing powers bring against the church, Luther taught that we should fear our prosperity and our good days, which cause us more harm than our anguish and persecution. Quoting Luther, if the gospel is not attacked, it completely rusts. The things of Caesar truly are the things of God through which he is at work for the eternal welfare of you, his church. This is true when earthly power is used in the right way and when it's used with evil intent to persecute the church. And fellow redeemed, this is so hard to hear. We cannot shape a false Christ to fit all our political preferences and American dreams, a Jesus who offers us nothing but life and earthly liberty and the pursuit of happiness according to our sweet will, a Jesus who replaces the corporate nature of the church and its suffering in the world with individualism and self-made independence, that's not the real Jesus. After feeding the 5,000, Jesus removed his presence from those who wanted to make him a bread king. In no uncertain terms, he taught, in the world, you will have tribulation. But take heart. I have overcome the world. That's how things are rendered to God. Only through him who overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except they, the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? You see, if we hear Jesus' words solely as command, we must immediately cry out, Lord, have mercy. Render to God the things that are God's, but everything is his. By me, kings reign. By me, princes rule. For from him and through him and to him are all things. Who has given a gift to him that he might be repaid? So... Fear, love, and trust in him above all things. That is, in the fear of Yahweh, hate evil in the world and in your own heart, and also in the fear of God, trust the love in his heart that reckons you as righteous through faith in Christ. Render to God the things that are God. That is, give back your whole heart, soul, and mind full of love for the Lord your God. Give him good fruit in keeping with repentance, spirit-given fruit of love and joy and patience, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, and in the context of Caesar's taxes and coins, Malachi's challenge to the priests offering lame or sick animals, leftovers, to the Lord of hosts, also rings out. Try presenting that to your governor. God help us if we think giving God's things to God is optional. Or if, like the Pharisees, we think that we're really doing it, that our doing the law gets it done. Lord, have mercy. Bow down your gracious ear to me and hear my cry, my prayer, my plea. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will hear you. God hears the cry of the poor in spirit 
and he blesses them with his kingdom. Jesus speaks these words in the week we now call holy. He is in Jerusalem to give back the things of God to God by acting to restore the image of God in us. Caesar's image does not last. The perfect image of God in whom all the fullness of the Godhead dwells lasts forever. On the cross, Jesus gives God things back to God, for in Christ God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. Jesus was obedient to his Father. Not my will, but thy will be done. Jesus was obedient to his governor, who first said, what is truth? Then spoke the truth, I find no guilt in him, and finally was swayed by the opinion of others who cried out, crucify him. Whose image is this on the crucifix? The image of Jesus, the icon of God in the flesh. What does this image proclaim? This is how we know what love is, that Christ laid down his life for us. So once again, render to God the things that are God's. That is to say, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for wholeness and not for evil. Yes, but look at the billowing up of evil in the world, in our country, and look at the sin, that, the bonds of it that infect my heart. Well, you see correctly, but render to God the things that are God's. That is, it is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. Dear Christians, to take refuge in the Lord is to render to God the things that are God's, to, rust, to trust in his plans for your wholeness is to render God all the things that are God's. Show your steadfast love, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. Such is the saving strength of God's things. The one who finished God's judgments against the sin is a prince of a different kind, the prince of peace. Faithfulness springs up from the ground, and on the morning of the third day, faithfulness in the flesh stepped forth from the garden tomb, bestowing the peace of God. Peace be with you to those deserting, fearful disciples, apostles, restoring them by his absolution. Peace be with you through them with the Holy Spirit, and now through his sent one, absolving and restoring you, giving God his things. Show us your steadfast love, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. Such is the forgiving way of God's things. God's things now embrace water included with God's command and combined with God's word. The Holy Trinity will never ever forsake the baptismal grace he washes you with. At the font he gives you back to the Father, carrying his image, that beautiful gift of God is as fresh and full and freeing for you today as the day you first received it. And if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. Totally free. Up ahead, just a bit, when he calls you home. Show us your steadfast love, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. How can you not love the things of God that the living Christ keeps serving you? At his table today, he serves you his holy body to eat, his cleansing blood to drink. Drink of it, all of you. You hear him, 
but you do not marvel and leave him and go away as did those in our text. You hear him and marvel and draw near with the heart confident to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, even with a burdened heart to receive rest from him. You do not walk to the altar as enemies of the cross of Christ to glory in your shame. You seek him diligently and find him where he has promised to be. You come to give him your sin and to receive his blessed release for the whole mess. And this is the highest worship you can give him. In so doing, you all together proclaim his death until he comes. Beloved of God, you are God's things, created in his image and though fallen, now redeemed and bought back by Christ. Citizenship in heaven is God's thing, and through his saving gift of faith, he has taken you in. No one can snatch you out of his hand. When all human power has failed, and all human power will fail, his power to transform your lowly body to be like Christ's glorious body will never fail. You are his treasure, the joy set before him for whom he endured the cross, scorning its shame. Your whole life in Christ, your work and your person, your sleeping hours, your up and down feelings, your accomplishments and failures, your daily struggles is being given to God in Christ. He values it that much. This is God's good and gracious thing. From the first chapter of Colossians. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. From the first chapter of Hebrews, he is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. So render to God the things that are God's, for it is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. In the name of Jesus, amen. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen.